Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Growth Mindset Podcast Show. This is Kat, your host, always. And today we have special guests, John and Maggie. They're going to be talking about their experience being in the healthcare industry. And no matter what business or industry or career you're in, how important self-care is. You'll hear their personal stories today, so stay tuned. Um, well, everyone, welcome. This is Kat and also Maggie and Jonathan, or do you like being called John? <laughs> John's fine. You've been calling me that since John. I was 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've known uh, John for a very long time and, you know, Maggie I've known for a good while too. I brought these two to come on today, um, coming from the perspective of the healthcare industry right now, um, why self-care is so important. Right. And and the best of both worlds, you know, John's in a healthcare industry where he loves and, you know, really like everything he's doing, he's impacting, doing a great job there where Maggie left the healthcare industry and, you know, focused more on her self-care and now has a program where she helps other people do the same. So I'll let you guys take the floor. John, if you want to go first, introduce yourself, a little bit of what you do. <laughs> Uh, my name is John. I'm a social worker up in Seattle. I've known Kat here since uh, we were 12 years old. And we, we were debating this earlier, but yeah, we've known each other for a very long time here. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to kind of join and kind of discuss self-care because it's a really important part of my life that kind of changed kind of, I feel like the trajectory of how my life in adulthood and career has kind of you know been what it is now. Um, just because I'm starting out with my health issues, there were so many issues before where I wasn't sure I was gonna have a career because um, just graduating from grad school, I got hit with Meniere's disease and I couldn't, I didn't hear my graduation ceremony, didn't hear the speeches, nothing like that. Had hearing aids, tried to work. And then when I did one shift, I think it was a, a 10 hour shift in the hospital um, when I was working per diem. And as a brand new grad, full of stress, didn't know what I was doing, wanted to do such a good job that um, one day my ears were just ringing off the hook and then I couldn't hear anything and then I went to bed and then the next morning I was living with my parents at the time like any other college student they kind of moved back in with parents my dad worked at kind of the same hospital as well and he would walk up the stairs and normally I could hear the, the, the footsteps uh, leading up the stairs to kind of wake me up and then um, after that I, I couldn't hear him he was knocking my bed couldn't hear it he was yelling full scream couldn't hear him and then when he finally woke me up and I opened my eyes and he was like yelling at me full blast, I told him I didn't hear anything and that's when everything kind of shut down. And I was, I had to go through a boatload of treatments and didn't work for a year. Wow. And I was kind of worried that I wasn't ever gonna work and it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to, to be in a, in a hospital environment because I kind of grew up in it, so. And can you give us a little, um, you know, um, like what is the, what is Veneer's disease? Uh, Veneer's is, is basically, the um, best way I can describe it is that it's fluctuating, the type that I have, cochlear hydrops, it's fluctuating hearing loss with vertigo. Um, there's times that it, depending on how you kind of take care of yourself, with your diet, with anything, um, stress, stress is a big factor as well. It hits everyone differently, but for me, when I'm stressed out to the max, when I don't follow my nutrition and uh, I don't work out for a period of time. Um, and when all of this kind of hit, I was I was very unhealthy at around 230, 
230 pounds. Um, so I was, I was pretty heavy. I, I, I was, uh, I think 230, 240 was kind of the heaviest that I got. Just fluid would kind of collect into my ears here and that would kind of impact my equilibrium, impact my uh, hearing. And, but it kind of hits the point that I couldn't hear anything. And um, other people, they'll, they have both uses of their ears and it might hit people differently. Some may have more balance issues, others hearing issues. Mine is just more of the hearing and the balance. And when it does hit and the vertigo hits, oh, uh, just pray that I'm not on a motorcycle or a bike because then I'll be like down, so. Oh man, that's um, we'll get in deeper with that, you know. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Sure. And Maggie, a little bit about you, what you do. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Maggie. I'm a nurse, a registered nurse, and a mindset mentor. Um, basically, I was uh, left the nursing care just environment. It may not be forever, but right now, um, just with everything going on with the pandemic and things that I had seen about. Basically, I just wanted to focus on self-care and prevention and pre preventative services um, only because we were so like drawn into fear of the unknown and a lot of the things that we were told that we should do um, were actually counterintuitive to what I think self-care self is like and how everything that from nutrition to exercise to grounding can make a huge impact on your life and your health and your immune system. Um, so basically I started a program, it's called the Next Level Self-Care Program and it encompasses a positive mindset shifting and establishing healthy habits. Um, so we can promote general health and um, you know a better community. <laughs> I love it. I know. I love it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I really want to hear a lot about, you know, uh, your journey when it comes to like self-care, what had, what was the impact that happened that made you focus on that? And now you re like realizing why it's so important. Um, so to go back to John, your story. So, you know, when you couldn't hear and all of that, what happened after that? Uh, I had, I think, a good three, four months of just kind of, um, when I was misdiagnosed with something else before, I was getting steroid injections, um, getting talked like low-dose chemo. Um, there was, yeah, a good three, four months of pure depression. I was just in a really bad place, um, kind of um, in a dark spot. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, when you get into that dark space, just the thoughts that kind of come in your head and the kind of the things that you want to do. Um, and then it, it kind of got to a point that my dad kind of confronted me a little bit and was kind of stating, you know, we understand that, you know, you're never going to get your, the doctors are saying that you're never going to get your hearing back. If that's going to be the case, then, you know, you need to try to find another way to kind of live your life. But then I, I had put so much focus in my goals of getting to this point of actually getting to the hospital, getting to that place where I'm, I'm professionally in that same space that, um, that I, I wanted to be. And so my dad challenged me, okay, why don't you start running a mile a little bit? Do two, do three. And then I started slowly doing that. Um, and then um, he he was, I think, I'm trying to remember who got me the book, but I still have the book and it's sitting right next to me. But it got to the point I was just getting into a big funk that I'm in my mid-20s and I'm not having the life that I wanted. Um, and then I, I read this book called The Defining Decades and then why the 20s matter and how you make the most of them. And in the book, it was my first foray into anything in regards to self-care and, and really kind of discussing, 
you know, um, trying to find your personal capital. What is the thing inside you that, that you can kind of present to the world and kind of help when you're trying to kind of share yourself a little bit? Was it going to be the path that I wanted to do before? Sometimes you kind of have to shift your focus and kind of do something differently. And um, I didn't have a lot of life experience there. And then also, like the job that I wanted, they're asking me to have experience. I don't have experience, so how do I go about getting that? And it was it was a kind of that that turning point there. And then when I finally did get to a doctor, luckily in San Diego, that was able to kind of say, "You have Meniere's disease. Like, let, let me try something differently. Let's do a whole." you know, slew of tests on you. Okay. Have you tried changing your diet? Mm. <laughs> no. What do you mean? I'm going to stop your meds for a bit. Let's see what you do with this. Let's, let's try to work with a nutritionist for a better part of six months. Let's figure out what's the change that's going to help you. And then, so the first thing that we did was let's try to do a gluten-free diet. I did that for two months. That didn't work. Like, it was like, oh, okay. So that's, I mean, obviously it's very healthy. It helps for some other people. And then we started going down the line and then shifted focus when he did figure out was Meniere's disease goes, let's do a low sodium diet. Yeah. And then this time you're going to have to kind of restrict yourself to only 1600 milligrams of sodium a day. Well, yeah. there goes my whole case of French fries just in one meal. Like it was, uh, yeah. And then I didn't, I slowly, kind of by accident started seeing the effects of it because when I was dealing with the nutrition shifting my focus on what I wanted to do as I'm like reading every self-help book known to man just to try to give me that pickup to know okay I'm going to shift kind of what my 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 route's going to be in life and then the running became like three three miles to five miles then it got to a point my dad challenged me to do a 5k race I did did a 10k and then it got to the point that when I was able to move to North Carolina and start working there and kind of get everything under control, that's when it kind of clicked. Started doing marathons and then um, just running in itself became my my anchor, my, my mental health uh, therapy. And it was also my way of kind of doing that. So as I was losing the weight, as I was eating healthy and then kind of getting into the right mindset, then the docs kind of started noticing, okay, your hearing starting to go up, starting to improve. Let's change something about the hearing aids. That'll work. You're losing weight. And then I was able to go down from like 230 down to when I was trying to prepare for the LA Marathon in 2015, um, went down to like 180. And then, the and then the doctor was going, okay, so maybe this whole prediction of you losing your, like not having any hearing by the time you're 30 is out the window because you, you did something different. <laughs> And like the medications that they were going to have on came from like, I don't know, three or four medications down to like one. Oh. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then now if I kept up the nutrition, kept up the running, I was in a better headspace. Then things started switching around. I'm like, going, okay, now professionally, I'm seeing results here. I'm able to work. I, I feel fulfilled. I'm finding my passion, earning my stripes, and then getting to the point that um, the goal that I wanted was to kind of... Um, it brought me to traveling around the country, working at different places. And then finally got to the point of, well, there's an opportunity for me to go back to my hometown to work in a major hospital. It was my whole Grey's Anatomy moment in my head. And I was like, okay, I'm going back, I'm doing it. Yeah. And then that's been it ever since, but it was just that, that moment of, even though I was trying to figure out one thing for my health, yeah. it ended up opening the door to me trying to figure out holistically my entire, you know, my entire well-being self-care, 
how is that gonna try to develop? And I, I you know, um, what I thought were passions of mine before kind of switched, I found new passions and I love everything about endurance to the point that I did a, a freaking Ironman and it was, uh, yeah, it's, and it's, it's uh, I'm not sure if you guys are into cardio, but is there's something about being out on a, whether it's on a road or in a trail after, you know, the first few miles I can, you know, kind of shut my brain off and then any negative thought just goes out the window and then I'm having this weird conversation with myself, whether it's to a higher being, to God, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm it's making me kind of challenge myself and go, okay, you, you need to kind of uh, put yourself a little more to something different. And then it carries over, not just in terms of the race that I'm doing, but now to like, okay, what I'm gonna do professionally, what I'm gonna do personally, how, how do I how do I want my relationships to be that, that type of thing? Yeah, man, that's incredible, John. I, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Such a good story. Oh my god, me, I can like looking at Maggie too. We're like, dang, that's that's awesome. And and I can yeah. see. That I, I would love to hear you know your comments on all this, Maggie, being in the healthcare industry and then leaving, like outside now looking in. Like this is all pretty accurate to you, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's exactly. I mean, because in the I guess like in the healthcare industry, I just saw a lot of like symptom management. So it wasn't, I mean, when you got misdiagnosed and they're just trying to give you a bunch of medications and a bunch of pills to fix things, is it really getting to the root of the cause? Like a lot of things that we put in our bodies, we don't realize whether it's the food that we eat, the quality of our water, um, the air, air pollution, the EMF that we receive from our laptop and our phones, uh, not getting outside in nature. Like what I think what you're talking about, how you felt like connected to God. I mean, that's that's you being an electrical being and you're grounding yourself and you're reconnecting with nature. And it's so amazing. I mean, all of these things, I'm just really glad that you had someone that was like suggesting to you to even try different diets. And really, I mean, you did all the work. You got yourself mm -hmm. to that healing. You can't ask someone to heal. <laughs> you can't ask someone to heal you because you have to do that from within. And when you're talking about mindset, I'm like, that is the most important thing because I've had so many patients that I follow and I followed them for almost three years. And they, the ones that had a, sh a shift in their mindset were the ones that showed the most improvement because they weren't relying on a, on medications, the doctor, the nurse to be checking up on them to do what they needed to do. They had to completely change their, their whole game, their whole lifestyle. So I completely like, I appreciate hearing your life experience and that it's shared out there because people don't even know all the time. I mean, as healthcare workers, of course, we're bombarded and stressed out all the time and misdiagnosis happens often. Um, one of my brothers actually was told, uh, you have type two diabetes and you need to start insulin. And he told me this, I was furious because he said he didn't even have a blood test done. And I was like, you know what? You need to not see that practice, like that practitioner. That it, I mean, there are a ton of mistakes that, you know, we're only human. And I understand that, but that is not okay. And it's, I mean, that was, that's a strikeout for me. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to see that person. I'm like, well, what are you trying to do? Just like sell me drugs? Um, you like, you know, we've disconnected so far off from our natural being and our natural selves. Like, I didn't realize how. 
I've been living a lifestyle basically of eating clean and being out in nature for the past decade. So when we went into our, our lockdown, I, I don't know if you guys are aware in Hawaii, it, the lockdown, like even the beaches were closed um, during that initial lockdown. And I was blessed because I actually live on the beach. And so I continued with my self-care and I continued every afternoon I would go outside and get sun directly on on my skin and I felt rejuvenated and I would meditate and I would do sauna and I would do all these things at home I just instead of going to the gym I was at home but I started to see so many people were living in fear because they were so scared of going outside they're so scared of you know like not taking care of their health even though you're like saying just stay active take your vitamins, get your vitamin D, um, just the basic things, but we get caught up in the things that are happening all around us. So it like, I just felt like, oh, there's just such an importance because what they don't talk about is how many of the patients that have severe COVID have um, a vitamin D deficiency. And you can get that from nutrients, but the best way is directly from the sun. Uh, many of those those who have severe cases of COVID also are obese. So uh, these are things that you can drastically change your, you know, your risk profile by just taking care of yourself. And that goes for any disease, that goes for any autoimmune disorders, that goes for a lot of things because what we don't realize is we can make ourselves sick with our thoughts. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes it just takes you know, you just get hit with something and you're like, oh, oh, maybe I have to question my passions and my lifestyle. So I'm really glad that, I mean, you're healthy, you're doing Ironman marathons. Like I I haven't even tried that. <laughs> That's amazing. If, if you want to do a relay, let me know. Like, uh, Kat, yeah. do, you, do you swim or bike or do anything? Like we, get, we can do a try relay if we want to do one. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> let me get ready for that. <laughs> no, that's awesome, guys. Um, yeah, and you're right. Like, I, I mean, where I can really is like, you know, the mindset work. And I had a boss's, uh, my old boss's wife, she was like fighting cancer for so many years. And it's like through her whole struggle of that, you know, yeah, she did the whole change the diet and everything. And she had side talked to me, like just personally, like, you know, and had said, you know, Kat, a lot of it, I feel like was stress. She was like, I was always stressed and worried about someone in my family, you know? And I'm like, damn, like, you know? And then when she started, she changed her mindset. She was praying all the time. She was like so much belief and love. I mean, she's still alive today, healthy and everything, you know? It's interesting how much stress, yeah. stress in general, plays a factor on everything in terms of not just you know your your mental health being the primary kind of uh, primary area that's affected by it, but just more in terms of how it deals you know in terms of your internal systems, how it may you know play a factor as well, um, you know personal relationships that type of thing, like and even professionally, yeah, it, it just kind of has that overarching thing, and it's, it's uh, I'm glad that it's now getting recognized more in the healthcare sphere of things of how much stress management is needed. And then also I think professionally, I mean, uh, um, you hear a lot of, a lot of companies make sure that there's more, you know, mental health, you know, exposure, mental health exposure or follow-up. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's, and then, but when, for you guys, when you guys get super stressed out, what's the one 
that you guys do to try to help battle that? Maggie? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I wanted to add real quick to what you're saying about how it how stress can affect all all parts of your life. That you know, when your spirit, when you when you are at disease, your body has a manifestation of disease. Mm -hmm. So, like all all of that is all intertwined. It's gonna hit every aspect until until your spirit's like, nope, you need to do something about this. Like yep. till you hit rock bottom and there's no denying. And I guess for me, when I'm really stressed out, I just pray. And I've never prayed so much in my life mm -hmm. until this this pandemic, because you know, it kind of it made everyone take a look at like, okay, what is important to me? How do I want to live my life? Do I want to be stressed out? Is this even worth it? If I die tomorrow, was I following my purpose? And I, prayer has brought me through so much, and I didn't know I was going to be praying so much. <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> I like that. That's a great one. Oh my gosh. What yeah. was this? Sorry, uh, just a little side. Maggie, since you guys are in Hawaii, I heard that when this whole thing started, the um, the lockdown in Hawaii was much stricter than other places. Oh yeah. Did that kind of have an impact as well? Not just for your own personal stress, but were you seeing it around you as well for other people, like just community-wide? you're just seeing the level of stress just heighten up in, in that lockdown? Oh yeah, people are very stressed out. Like I see people still wearing N95s mm -hmm. on the beach. It's it's gotten to the point where it's like, I don't know, you guys need to breathe fresh air. You need to get that sun on your face. There's even benefits to sun gazing. So you look at the sun and it actual, actually promotes feel-good hormones, but you want to do it during the hours of like sunrise or sunset because you don't want yeah, <laughs> to hurt your eyesight, but you want to, you can stare at the sun and it will actually make you feel good. You're going to feel the energetic vibration from it and you're going to feel, you're going to feel that you know, heat up and, and activate your cells, your life force. So like when I see people and they're wearing their masks in their car by themselves, or they're walking outside at the beach. I mean, a lot of these, be like my beach, I, there's like 10 people out at a time. It's, it's really unnecessary. And you can just tell that people are are kind of over it. We, I think we have one of the strictest, we're one of the strictest states right now. We're not lifting any mask mandates anytime soon. and people are scared and our schools keep shutting down and come back together and shutting down. It's just, it's kind of, a, it's a mess out here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, um, that does, I mean, it just goes back to like what you guys are saying, like stress, maybe it's fear, maybe it's paranoia, like all of those. And then all of a sudden it's the mindset and it's like being aware of all those things is so important, whether you're in your career or different, depending where you live, like I left the Bay area and man, energetically, and you were just there, Maggie, um, you know, love all my friends and family there, but the amount of stress that you could feel when you're over there, like you can almost feel people leaping like out of paranoia and fear and stress. Like I could feel it when I'm on a phone call, like sometimes with my friends over there, I'm like, I don't know what's, what energetically is happening in the Bay Area, but I could feel that. And I know that's where the booming tech industry is, right? Um, so who knows, but I, I can see how it can all be related, you know, and maybe that might be controversial to kind of say over here, but I mean, like you said, John, it's like stress, fear, paranoia, at least be aware that those are things that are not gonna help you. Yeah, I mean, it's just being self-aware of, of where <laughs> you stand. I mean, uh, everyone's gonna have to kind of make their own personal choice on how they manage stress. Whether you're in the tech industry, healthcare industry, 
anywhere. I mean, kind of the where we're at as a community, I mean, it's just heightened everywhere. And so mm-hmm. it's just kind of each person individually trying to figure out what they're going to do to kind of help manage that. Sometimes it means a drastic change of if you feel like you're, you're getting so burnt out that something needs to change and then them trying to figure out. But I try to make sure that for me, when I'm trying to figure out how to manage everything, is just more in terms of asking myself what what changes will help my personal capital or my personal growth to kind of figure out where that next step is going to be and then how do i want to how do how do i want my life to be not just in that moment but in the next you know in the future like in the next couple of months or year just kind of give myself a guideline of taking it day by day and you know, there's gonna be days that it's gonna suck. You're gonna maybe get to that low points, but then turning around and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to kind of slowly get myself out of it? Yeah. I love so. that. Um, how I think about that, you know, as a mom, as a single mama, is like speaking out to other moms that are maybe like stressed and like overwhelmed every day, running out after your kids, like tantrums all day, everything. Is that like being self-aware is so ridiculously important. And I tell my other mom friends, that if you feel like you are spiraling and about to burn out, please remember to take care of yourself. Because how will it, you know, you how can you ever take care of someone else if your 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 cup is not full, right? You know that that whole quote. Um, you you really need to take care of yourself so then you can give above and beyond. You can give more love. You can take care of them. You know, because um, I know when I'm burnt out and stressed and. You know, luckily I have a significant other that is like understanding of that. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm tapped out. I need to step away and he can take over. And for other moms out there, I hope that you can get someone to, you know, kind of help you do that. Or if not, uh, maybe it's going to have to be like quiet time, screen time, you know, to be like, okay, it's it's mommy time. It's self-care time. Because um, if not, then I, I don't see how you can ever be, um, productive at all whether in your job and your you as a mother you as a partner right it affects everything right like as you were saying too Maggie yeah well I, I mean you guys brought up good points about self-awareness like that's a big thing I mean I don't know if I'm I know actually I do know that when I'm not taking care of myself when I don't get enough sleep when I don't eat right I am cranky you do not want to be around me I go into those modes where if I'm not taking care of myself, I don't have like, if I have the choice, I can just step away, go into hermit mode, reevaluate myself, reevaluate my needs so that I can show up as my best self. Because it's like how Pat, how you brought up your friend, how she said she was emitting so much love. It all comes down to love. Like, I think we're more seeing more than ever now with the rising mental mental problems, it's affecting our kids. Oh, our fear, how, how we handle our stress, if we're not handling our stress, our kids are, are holding on to that. No, not even knowingly, we may not be doing that on purpose, but they feel that energy and they will take that and they will learn it and they will pass it down generation after generation after generation. And this whole mental awareness, is it's striking to me because we're focused on, you know, the rising cases we're just all talking about cases and numbers but what scares me is that we're not talking about the psychological issues that's happening with the ki- with kids and you know i mean and the darkest part of it is we've had a huge surge in suicide rates oh, yeah. 10 years old eight years old 
you know, and we're not talking about it. So I, you know, anyone who's blessed enough to have their uh, kids of their own, I always tell that, I always tell my friends like, ship them over, I'll, <laughs> I'll take care, I'll help take care of them because I could use that love in my life because we can learn a lot from children, you know? So just know, like if I had any message to give to people right now, it's like, know how you're showing up and show up with love. That's it. If you don't have anything good to say, do a self check. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Words of wisdom right there. So <laughs> I love that. So like, you know, um, so Maggie has left because she was like, oh, that environment was not, you know, was not, you know, helping her, it was enhancing her growth and everything. But for you, John, you know, you're in it, you're in deep, whether it's, you know, healthcare industries, those that are working their nine to five, you know, that are getting burnt out now at home, taking care of their kids at the same time, two laptops next to each other. Like, what advice can you give them? You know? It's time management. Time mm-hmm. management, I feel, is kind of the key point for me. And by no means am I an expert at it. There are times that I make you know, mistakes about it. I mean, this last week, I've been doing a staycation here, and it's the first time I've had days off in what feels like a year or two. Um, and uh, yeah, it's trying to manage your time to kind of recharge your batteries. Yes. Sometimes it may mean, you know, when we're in the thick of it, the only time that I have to recharge my batteries is between five and seven o'clock. And between those hours, those hours are mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as soon as I get home from work, no matter how stressful the day was, how cranky, upset, if there was a case that really, um, uh, on a, a case that I worked on that really kind of touched me to my soul and, and kind of really affected me emotionally, I will get on that bike that's right behind me or I'll go outside, take off the hearing aid. And what's nice about being hard of hearing with hearing aid is I have an automatic mute button, which is nice. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't help with relationships. I mean, are you, are you even listening to me? It's like, no. No. <laughs> nope. No, no, I, I turned off the hearing aid. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that doesn't do well for. Dude, I thought of Hawkeye for a minute. I thought of Hawkeye. Did you? Ha- do you guys see that show? No. Okay. Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Basically, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm glad I'm seeing. And then, just as quite quick side of the coolest thing that I've heard of. But there was this guy. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but he's a deaf tennis player that just won an ATP title. And I was just reading it. I'm like, that is seriously cool. So the hard of hearing deaf community is something that I'm. I'm really close to and. I, I, um, I need to brush up on my sign language, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, I'm, I, I, kinda, I feel like I'm kind of balancing those two worlds because I just know at some point that's going to drop and if my hearing does go away, I need to learn how to survive in the world and mm. surgery is not something I, I would, I would go towards. I do not feel like I want to have a cochlear implant, even though it would help me hear, mm. there's just too much going there, but yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry to go on the side. No, no, you're right, time management. I love that. No, I mean, I hear like, you know, because I have an audience of also mamas and they're like, time management, that doesn't exist. They're like, I can never manage my time. And I'm like, I hear you, you know, like as a single mom, I get that. But also, again, I don't know. It's like how to emphasize that even more. If like you're, if you as a mom are burnt the, you know, F out, what really can you even give to your kid at that point? You're gonna like yeah. end up depressed or whatever. Yeah. You as a social worker have probably seen all those cases as well. You know, I've, I've stressed. I, I live in. I feel like I live in that world of yeah. just constant go, go, go. Try to come up to a solution and and try to you know do time management. Uh, there's days that I do well at it. There's other days that I suck at it. But I mean, I, I think at the 
the thing that kind of works for me is just having that, that point. There was a time that I was doing a lot in terms of studying for my LICSW, working that nine to five, trying to train for an Ironman. There's, a, there's not that too much time for a wiggle room. And the training didn't end up becoming a self-care. It became a task for me to do because I had to get to an end, end result. Mm-hmm. And so a friend kind of was like, you should consider doing meditation. And I'm like, what's that? It's like, you should just give it a go lay down on a yoga mat like, and, and follow prompts, there's guided meditations. And I started doing that each morning and each evening. And even though it's five, 10 minutes, that was my time. And so, I mean, it was enough to kind of recharge my batteries for me to kind of get through the day. And um, by no means am, am I a parent or understand you know, the stress. You guys understand the stressors, I'll leave it to you to kind of identify that. But finding those small moments for yourself that are specifically yours to recharge your batteries so that you can give yourself to your whether it's your significant other whether it's your kids whether it's your profession i mean it's um it's, it's all about kind of having that constant uh, uh constant recharge i feel and so and uh i know it's it's it seems kind of preaching away me saying this but i mean it's it's been a lot of trial and error on my part mostly error so it's still a work in progress here for me. I'm still trying to figure out how to self-care and kind of improve that a little bit because I've now kind of gotten to this point where I feel like, oh, maybe the small blocks of time is my time, but then making, taking bigger chunks, taking a vacation. Like it took me a while to take a vacation. And then now it's even stressing me out trying to figure out what my next vacation is going to be and how am I going to unwind for like a good two to three week period. So. Yeah, it's kind of insane to think too, like working because I, I I went from working my nursing shifts to nine to five Monday through Friday and you just don't have the time to yourself because you're thinking about all the things that you had to do, all the problems that, you know, your your patients, their, their dynamics and you carry mm-hmm. it. For me, I was carrying it with me, that stress, that load. And then, you know, come around, on, I'm waiting for Friday. And then Saturday rolls by, it's chores, it's cleaning, it's all these other things. And Sunday, you're dreading. You're just dreading how Monday and the rest of the week is gonna go. And it's just really like, we really need to change that work culture because it's not suiting anyone. And we're all suffering from it as, as a whole community globally. You know, just this whole like consumerism and, and you know, like ha- planning your vacation shouldn't be stressful. Mm. Right. Well, it's, it's also taking into the stress of traveling in the time of COVID. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, which is why like this week ended up being a staycation, but I, I decided to kind of fill that time doing a lot of different things. And I did a blacksmithing class. Who, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to use that skill long-term of, of blacksmithing, but I made myself like a bottle opener, which was really cool. And I got to hammer things out, which was surprisingly a really good stress, stress relief, like hitting a hammer on, on a hot steel. So. <laughs> It's the only time I felt ever, you know, very manly. <laughs> You're doing triathlons. That's not manly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and um, and uh, yeah, just uh, doing that, going cross country skiing, trying to challenge myself to do things that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, I always try to look for that new challenge to motivate me to kind of get to that end point. So, which is why I kind of like doing endurance races. I sign up for a race and then I try to put in the time to kind of prepare me for that. 
And then, I mean, I put all the work in and when race day comes, that's my social time. That's my chance to meet other people, get a chance to kind of be with my triathlon buddies and all support each other. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing a relay in September because a buddy of mine, and what's nice about the triathlon community is that's my social outlet. I, I don't have too many friends. Um, I, I have maybe a handful, Cat being one of them. And uh, yeah, so um, that's my time kind of in this day and age of a pandemic to kind of go out with people, go on group bike rides, chat, talk about their lives and kind of doing the fun stuff. And then a buddy going, John, we need someone to do the bike portion. Do you want to do it? <laughs> okay. And I've done the course before, so I know it's going to be a very hilly 56 miles. So yeah, I'm down. And then it'll be a time for me to kind of, you know, chill and hang out. So I was never very social in my 20s. Cat can test with this. <laughs> you were a fun, fun, socially awkward, but it's okay, John. We still love you. <laughs> socially <laughs> awkward. <laughs> oh wow, Cat. That's your assessment of me in my twenties. Hey, you Social. called yourself out on, out on that too. <laughs> I'll, I'll take. It. Hey, this coming from the. <laughs> oh, we had our fair share of arguments in our in our young <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I want to pinpoint the, as we end this this you know topic in this episode, um, yeah. John, what you said an outlet yeah, that you are with a community, and of course, you know, Maggie, I can't help but think of our Worldwide Collective, yeah. which we have online. Um, you know, we host now four events a month, where I've heard other business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, anyone, even just career moms, whatever, whoever, is that this is a great outlet of a, this community is a great outlet to meet maybe your best friend. And even if you are, you know, not in person online, we're always all together at least four times a month. You can find your best friend online through one of these workshops, you know, in our community. So, I mean, who knows, John, you could be part of a our community as well so definitely check out some of our workshops and you can be yeah working. considering the invites that i've gotten to ladies night so thank you okay. so much for <laughs> including me on ladies night you're a this, special guest <laughs> this feels like our early 20s because yeah each time that cat would, would invite me hey john come hang out with us okay i arrive i see you marielle and a few other girls and i'm like okay I'm, I'm the token guy every single time so yeah well, I may have to do that if, if it's going to be a continuation of that. Yeah, love well, we have it. a lot of different ones. Yeah, well, we're about to open, which you know we haven't even um, announced yet. There's going to be a guys, guys um, event at night, right? Not ladies' night. I don't know what they're going to call it. I haven't asked them yet. But that one is going to be, you know, a group of guys hosting hosting their own workshop and network with each other and their own online community. So you never know, you could be part of that. So um, guy friends now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so ladies night networking is tomorrow night. So if you're watching this actually, or listening, watching, um, it's going to be on the 24th, which is tomorrow because we're recording this on the 23rd. And then um, we have another worldwide collective event and two networking events a month, which you guys can absolutely attend. Go to any of our profiles here. Uh, John, I'm going to add you to worldwide collective marking that on here i'll add you to our community page definitely check it out and you know thank you guys for joining me on this talk you guys did an amazing job and i can't wait to publish this you know right after we get off but um i i see us definitely talking more about this you know this is the first time i've ever had someone you know talk from the healthcare industry standpoint during a pandemic so this is really awesome 
um, to hear both of your point of views. And yeah, I can't wait to have you both here again. So thanks again, guys, for joining me. <laughs> thanks.